Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. I am delighted to be here with you and get to talk with you about how we're going to end this year. Before we get started, there's a few things I want to talk about. One is it's really important to celebrate the small victories. (laughs) So my throat's a little challenged right now because I unexpectedly worked really hard on the Peloton this morning. (laughs) I thought, oh, I'm just going to jump on here, get motivated, and then I'll come in and record. Well, the Peloton has this new program. It's in beta that is actually fantastic because when you're doing a demand ride, you can compete with everybody else. Well, all of a sudden, the inner competitor in me that tends to be pretty subdued, totally rose up and shined. (laughs) And when I started realizing that I got really competitive and doing it and getting better, and I won. So yay me. And it was a small group, 17 people, but I won. It may never happen again. It was fun. And it was fun to watch me. And here is the thought that stuck with me. I was ahead with about 12 minutes left. And I said, oh, I, I finished strong. I'm a strong finisher. I'm a strong finisher. That has been a core belief probably since I was 15 years old. I'm a strong finisher. You may be ahead of me, but I'm a strong finisher. So if you need some motivation as you're going through something, that can be a thought that you can totally take and borrow and try on. I'm a strong finisher. If that's true for you, or if you want to become one, start telling yourself, I'm a strong finisher, or I'm working on becoming a strong finisher. So anyways, that was a lot of fun this morning. So if I'm a little having a hard time breathing or my voice, it's because I worked really hard. I was very high in my VO2 max, which is not an area that I like to go into post-athletic days. Now that I'm not an athlete anymore, that's a whole nother topic to be up for debate. The other reason that I'm really delighted to talk with you is to just to share with you real quickly, and we'll have more information coming out, is we are going to be launching our on-demand course that many of you have been waiting for, and it's so that you can create grounded confidence. It's going to be a course. It's a short course, not too much fluff, but really huge substance for you to create grounded confidence because I know this year has been so much speed wobble, right? And one is we want to feel grounded so we can figure out where we're going. And then two is having confidence in yourself where you can trust your inner wisdom and you can trust yourself and be able to be committed to the best case scenario. So stay tuned, make sure you're signed up for our emails because we'll be definitely announcing it there. And three, we're going to talk about the holidays. I've been coaching a lot of clients on the holidays, and this isn't something new about coaching around the holidays. And a lot of times it's about boundaries and, you know, obligations and expectations. And some years it's a huge amount of time that we spend with different clients and some years and recent years and hasn't been but it's come back up because of the change. So that's what I'm going to be talking about is about the holidays and COVID style. 
Now, the thing that's interesting as I was preparing for the show today is when COVID first hit, do you remember like back in March, each week on the show, I would talk about, oh, this, we're on week one, we're on week two. (laughs) Naively, I was thinking it's going to be a two week thing. (laughs) I never would have guessed that on March 13th, eight months later, we would still be navigating COVID and with rising numbers. And when I laugh, I'm not laughing because it's hilarious. I'm laughing at the, <laughs> how ill-prepared I was and just the the thoughts, right, that I had back then of where we were and what we, where we are today. And I've also trusted our resilience to be able to figure it out and get through this. So here we are, eight months later. First, give yourself a yay me, just like I did with that Peloton ride, where I'm like, yay, I won. So what that there were only 17 people? So what about all these things? I won. I was number one on the leaderboard. That was pretty fun. And it's really important to celebrate those small moments. It's really, really important. So first, give yourself a yay me because you, my friend, have been navigating this new way of being for eight months, at least. And for some people, depending on where you're in the country or if you're, you know, in Europe or in Asia, it's actually been longer. And I know that it's hard. And yes, people are misbehaving all over the place. And maybe you have, like there've been times I've lost my cool or I've misbehaved. But we're getting through something that we did not see coming a year ago. (laughs) And we've been figuring it out. And we're able to actually find ways to enjoy life. So we're going to talk about the holidays now. So next week is Thanksgiving. And maybe you have your plans. And maybe you have you're having your pity parties about what was and what isn't and, and so on and so forth. And I thought about you know, my own family and the curves and turns and the pivots that we've made over the years, because we're definitely going to be doing Thanksgiving very differently than we have in the past. And we're still figuring it out because can my youngest daughter come home and have dinner? Can she come home and stay home? We don't know. And the emails and the policies have changed from the beginning of the week until just as of yesterday. So we don't know. And I'm just staying calm about it. The former queen of certainty who was like, no, I need to know. I'm like, it's all going to work out. That is a thought that I continue to tell myself. It's all going to work out. Now, I'll be honest with you all. Like Thanksgiving isn't like this big favorite holiday of mine. I mean, I've always liked it because the family's home and, you know, there's food and I don't have to do the cooking, but it's a really important holiday for my husband and my kids. They love it. And when my older daughters loved it since she was young and has been part of the cooking process and she likes to make lots of pumpkin pies. And, but for me, it's not even my favorite meal, right? My family loves the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy and the mashed potatoes. I do love mashed potatoes. You know, they love the cranberries and the green beans. And then let's not forget, we won't have this this year because our guest who was from the South, he used to make this amazing mac and cheese but he's moved back to the East Coast. So even without COVID, he wouldn't be coming. So what I know is over the years, our holidays have evolved. Shoot, 20 years ago, we used to go down to the Bay Area for family gatherings. And my mother-in-law would host it. 
And then as time transitioned, we wound up hosting the family gatherings. We'd have these huge family gatherings, right? And frankly, (laughs) it was quite the ordeal. We'd have like two or three turkeys. The stress level would be high. My husband's in the middle of a season trying to cook these things. And I was like, we could just probably go to Whole Foods. I heard that they sell cooked turkeys. Can we just buy that? That, my friend, did not go over well. And then it's evolved because as my kids have gotten older and they were training and he was running practices and we had these meets and we really couldn't leave town, our dinners evolved where we would stay at home and we'd have friends and people from our community in. And one of the things that's a really important value for my family is being inclusive. So I live in a university town. My husband works on a university. And so one of the things he would do is he would invite university students, a lot of international students wouldn't have any place to go because they had school till Wednesday night and then they turn around and have school back on Monday. So they don't tend to go places. So he invites them over and we have this very eclectic group and we have some friends and family that come. And so it's been really fun. One year we had this student, she's from Denmark and she wasn't even a student of my husband's, but we'd been doing this for so long. She emailed him and said, Hey, are you that teacher that and has students over for Thanksgiving? If so, I'd love to come. And oh, and by the way, I'm vegan. (laughs) She was fantastic. She thought it was so cool, was taking pictures. We learned so much. And it was so great for my daughters who were probably in junior high at the time to have this experience of, you know, somebody else from another part of the world and, and talking and stuff. So it's always been a great holiday. Like it's eclectic, it's different, it's fun, and we're not having it. It's going to be small. It may be the three of us. Maybe my youngest can come home and have dinner. We don't know, but it's going to be different. So often our brain goes, "Uh uh-oh, different. That's horrible. It's going to be bad. But I challenge you, can different also be good? Think about that. We may need to be creative in how we do it. I know some people are hoping for good weather where they can do it outside and have a gathering that way. Some people are saying we're going to do Thanksgiving come April. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but we have to let go of this is the way it's supposed to be done. Or when we get into those scary stories of this is horrible. It's going to be this way forever. We don't know if that's true either. So one thing that's really important is to pay attention to the stories that you're telling yourself and how you're feeling. So we have Thanksgiving and then we have listeners around the world who don't have Thanksgiving. So Christmas, right? The holidays, Hanukkah. There's different holidays that are coming up. There's the New Year's celebration. And in my house, we have this huge Christmas Eve party. We've done it now for since 2001, So this will be the 19th or 20th. I think it's the 20th. I get confused with how many years versus how many events. I think it's the 20th that we would do. We've always done it. And we have like 60 to 150 people that come. It's an all day event. It's fun. We get to connect. Like I feel like everybody who walks through the door, it's a huge gift of somebody who's a part of our lives. It's a really fun thing. Well, back in the summer, at some point we realized, hmm, our Christmas Eve party is probably not going to happen. And that's kind of really sad, right? There's a loss, you know, and that's a big part of what we do. And we get really excited and it's fun. And again, it's, it's about connecting with the people and that's so important for us. 
when while for us, Christmas day has been more on the quiet side and it's usually just our immediate family, maybe one to two extended family members, but it's like rest and recovery and getting connected. Last year we went to San Francisco and had dinner. And then the next day we saw Hamilton on the 26th, but this year it's going to be some empty space, some white space. And while we may dream of being less busy, having white space during the holidays can be really difficult. It can be really challenging. So I understand some of those stories that are coming up, which are triggering fear and shame or isolation. There's a loss of what was, but here's the thing, my friend, you can figure out what you want to create with the constraints. But before we go and do that, what's really important is you must feel your feelings, your sadness, your anger, your frustrations. Feel that before you get into, okay, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make it better. Because if you don't, there's going to be this low grade resentment that's going to continue to build and sadness and anger that you're going to carry. And it's going to burden that day. And then you'll come back and say, but Corinne, see, I did what you said and it didn't really work. And it was a horrible day because you didn't feel your feelings, my friend, and let them pass through you. So first feel your feelings. This part's really, really important. Feel your feelings, acknowledge the grief of the loss, right? It goes back to like me celebrating that Peloton win. We must acknowledge the small stuff and not discount ourselves saying, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. I'm still really privileged. I have food. I have a job, that sort of thing, right? No, acknowledge your loss of what has been and feel your feelings. Then you can go through and you declutter that, you move through that, and then you can focus on what do you want to create. Some of you may have a fear of being isolated further because maybe you've been isolating. Maybe I have some good friends and some clients who are older and They are very concerned about their risk factors with COVID. And so one is eight months, they're kind of over this isolation. And then the further isolation, some of the things we talked about was, Hey, could you go down to the holidays and watch the unwrapping through a window? It's not ideal. I get it. But what are some creative ways to work around it? That's what we need to do is challenging our brain to be creative, but Give yourself the space to acknowledge the loss of what has been standing traditions and the ways you have done things. Then give yourself space to mourn the loss and grieve what was. Feel the feelings, cry. There's sometimes just a good cries. Fantastic. It feels so cleansing. Be mad, feel afraid, allow yourself to feel whatever is coming up. Don't try to change it. Just feel it. What I invite you to do is identify what is that thing that's in your body. Because the more you can identify it, the more you understand your emotions. And then breathe. Once you felt your feelings, ask yourself, why are you feeling, you know, sad, mad, angry, afraid? What is creating that feeling? And what you know from the show is our thoughts create our feelings. So what is it? Is it this idea that you're missing those you love? There's a loss of connection. You're already feeling lonely. You're exhausted. You need to be with others. What is it that's creating those feelings? 
What's dialing that up? Write all that down so it gets out of your head. And then think about, okay, what are the constraints that are really important to you? What are the factors on how you choose to live right now? Because let's face it, everybody has different COVID rules, right? So what are the constraints on how you choose to live? For instance, one of the factors that we're looking at with my daughter is if even she comes home, she may have to quarantine and not be able to train or, or work for five, I think it's five days once she goes back. So that's something that she may not be willing to do because she's in the middle of her season, right? So that's a different constraint than if you had a college kid who's coming home, who may be home for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, because I know different universities are doing it differently. So everybody has different constraints. And instead of arguing with them and saying they're stupid, it's not fair, understand what your constraints are, understand what your priorities are and your values. And then from this place, then think about, okay, what would you like your holidays to be? And so for us, if she can't come home and if we can't have dinner with her, one of the things that we'll probably do is drop off food to her, right? We'll probably make sure that she has the food and figure out a way of what we can and can't do given her constraints. So what would you like your holidays to be? Is it about connecting with family? Do you live in a place where the weather is relatively good, where you can meet outdoors? Can you watch your family open presents through a window or FaceTime? And one of the things that I also know from my clients who are adults, children, they're adult children, and they're talking with their parents and setting expectations about the holidays. You know, their parents are really afraid and really sad because there's a huge loss because they're like, but we want to be a part of this. And they don't like this. And so how can you build that container with them of, yes, you really matter and we really care about you. And these are the ways that we can connect with you and figure it out, get really clear about what you can do and what you can't do. And there's nothing wrong with that. For example, I was reading the New York Times back in the spring, and they were talking about couples who lived in different locations. And one of the things that they did was have their phone on while they were both in their residences, like one lived in New York, one lived in Chicago. And they had their phone on their FaceTime and they just kept it on. So it'd be kind of like if, you know, people, a married couple was at home, you're not constantly sitting down and talking with each other, but you're going about your day. So for some of you, that may be like, oh, great. We'll just put our iPad up. We'll FaceTime and it'll just be going. And for one of my clients, she's like, I don't have that capacity. She's like, I can't have it on all the time, but we will definitely turn it on for X, Y, and Z. There's nothing right or wrong. You have to go in and check in. What do you have your capacity for? Okay. And what I do know from coaching clients for over the last 10 years is the holidays are always a troubling time between the vision of the cultural programming, right? Of what it's supposed to look like, whether it's from movies, the Brady Bunch. I don't really remember too much of the Brady Bunch from the holidays, but so we have this of like, this is how it's supposed to look and what they should be and what they actually are. There's always been a huge disconnect with this. And my friend, the question I have for you is, what do you want your holidays to be? Come up with that list before you go and talk with the other family members. 
you know, and it may be great. Like if you're in a household that has different family members that live in the household, you come up with your vision, let others come up and then you create like a Venn diagram of what does it want to look like? So dream, give yourself permission to dream what's really important to you. And then you're going to notice, okay, what are the obstacles? These are the constraints due to COVID, right? So like one of our obstacles is my daughter may have to quarantine. And that's something we have to look at, right? Another obstacle is her being home by herself. You know, I worry about her just emotional well-being. You know, her roommates coming back. Is that safer than her staying with us? Like there's all these obstacles that we need to work through. Another obstacle is travel. Are you comfortable traveling? Are you not? Are you in an area that you can travel in? Are you in an area that you can't? Obstacles such as being indoors versus outdoors. Another obstacle is the gift giving, right? I've had clients who were, hey, Corinne, but I'd like to get my gifts ahead of time, but I don't know if my family's going to be coming in. So what she realizes, she could buy the gifts ahead of time because she likes to get that done now. And if they don't come, then she can always ship it. Is it use of financial resources that wouldn't normally happen? Yes. Does she have the extra dollars to pay for postage? Yes. And is it ideal? No, but she also needs to mitigate the risk of, you know, getting COVID herself or for her husband, right? So those are things that she doesn't have to make that decision now until mid-December. Like some of us are trying to make these decisions and we don't know what the end of December is going to look like. Just like we don't know, like you may buy a plane ticket out of, you know, JFK when New York City airport for December 20th, but it may may or may not happen depending on the weather, right? We just don't know. You can buy it, but who knows what will happen? COVID's now this other factor. It's like the weather, here's this outside thing. We don't know where we're going to be. So we need to be agile and fluid. Some of the obstacles can be, if you're not good at this, asking for what you want, right? That's where you need to be clear about asking. And remember, it's a question. It's not a demand. Another obstacle is when you do finally get brave enough to ask what you want, we want the fairy tale, right? Like, oh, I asked. And therefore, it it was like genie. Therefore, there it was. Well, no, when you ask, it's a question and you may not get what you asked for. And then there can be the shame and, you know, all of the upsetness that can be an obstacle, but it may be, okay, if this doesn't work, what's another way? We need to be creative about it. And then this obstacle of this is the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to watch the gifts open. We do this every year. These are, you know, my grandkids or my nieces and nephews, and I'm supposed to be there. And I will challenge you because I've had all different family, you know, arrays of how we do gift giving and stuff. How often are we really present for the gift giving? Like I think about all the presents and whether birthday parties, Christmases, whatever. And I don't really remember a whole lot of the openings. Like I remember the event, but I don't remember, right? Like it doesn't stick in my head. So, but maybe for you, you're like, no, Corinne, I absolutely remember. And that's okay. So get clear on what works for you, but get clear on Is it an obstacle because it's supposed to be that way, but it can't right now? So what's a creative way that you can rethink it? So after you dream and after you get clear about the obstacles, then now you can create. And when you create, you want to be deliberate about it. 
what you want with the given constraints for yourself or your family or your friends. And this, my friend, is a gift. We get to have this. We get to be deliberate creators. Instead of doing what we've always done, we may actually find something different that you may enjoy more. And you get to experiment. Like I have clients who are so excited that they have young kids and, you know, they're exhausted. It's been a hell of a year. And they're excited because they're not going to be hosting Thanksgiving. It's just going to be their family of origin, their family of four. They're going to be at home. They're going to get some downtime together. They're going to be able to get off of Zoom and, you know, just spend time together. And she's now thinking of, okay, what do I want that space to look like with us four instead of making two turkeys and so on and so forth? So there are things that we've been doing because we were supposed to, or as part of the tradition, this is the way we've always done it. Now you get the freedom to create, well, what do I want to look like for this year? You can always, you know, hopefully the goal is next year we can go back to what we've done, but for this year you get to create, maybe you'll find something that you really like better. I get it. Life is uncertain right now. (laughs) We are feeling vulnerable, right? Vulnerable is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. That's what we are feeling. It feels a lot like fear. It doesn't feel good. It's unsettling. And I also know that we are tired and depleted. It's been a long year. One thing that I've realized is we weren't, especially if you're part of like my generation or younger, we really weren't built for this life to be prepared for this extended uncertainty. (laughs) Right? We're like, no, if I'm really good at what I do, if I work really hard, then I'll be at the promised land. That was the, the training that we had. But here's the fact, we're in it right? There's this extended uncertainty. This is a part of our lives. We don't know what December, January is going to bring. But what we do know is we get to control the controllables within our lives. And each one of us that's listening to the show have different controllables. So we have a choice to make. We can argue and focus on what it won't be, or we can create what it can be this year. What's really important for you versus what you've done in the past, because it's been a ritual that may not be possible. You get to create the holidays with the constraints of your family, of your area, of the part of the world that you're at. What do you want? What do you want? What do you envision? and what works with the given constraints that you have. Now, a reminder, before you can deliberately create the holidays you would like, it's important to feel the pain, feel your emotions. Otherwise, they will build up and the feelings will weigh you down and make it difficult for you to enjoy what you do have. So my friend, I invite you, focus on what you can and will create. And it may look different than past years, but this is an experiment where we can learn and grow. Create the holidays that you want that will help fill you up after this roller coaster of a year. All right, my friends, I'm smelling big for you. Hey. 
If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short, they're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a limb.